Hello and welcome to the Melbourne Business School podcast. My name is Aaron Yake and I'm an alumni of the school who recently published a book on the MBA experience, From Racetracks to Boardrooms, Was an MBA Worth It? In this series, I'm joined by fellow alumni to dive between the lines of the MBA experience and find out if doing an MBA was really worth it. Today, I'm joined by Linda Lee. Linda graduated in 2017 after completing her part-time MBA. During this time, she won the Visit Vic case competition, where she designed a marketing strategy to open Victorian tourism to a new target market from China. Linda talks about now having the confidence to explore financial forecasting and a very personal benefit of her MBS experience. So thanks for your time, Linda. Great to catch up. Yeah, no, my pleasure. Uh, so as I mentioned, yeah, I'm keen to hear about your MBS experience and everything, I guess, between the lines, everything out of the classroom, what made it worth it or, or not worth it. Uh, but you, you did a part-time program out. You started yes. Jan of 2015, finished up June 2017. Yes, exactly. Two so, and a half years. Yeah. So how how'd you find that? What was what was that experience like? Yeah, no, it was, it was great. I mean, with the um, part-time program, you have the flexibility to dial up and dial down. So when I was starting a new role, I went back down to one subject and I think that's what stretched it out a little bit. So traditionally it's supposed to be two years, I think. Um, so two and a half, I thought that that was okay. Yeah, that's not too <laughs> yeah bad. exactly. Not too bad. I <laughs> didn't drag it on for that long. Did it take much of a toll on friends, family? No, like, I mean, personally, um, you know, I think time-wise, you know, we had two night classes and then probably one afternoon on the weekend to do mm. group assignments. But other than that, I think it was it was pretty good. And yeah. then obviously the additional reading hours, but it did that either on the train or, you know, maybe right before class. But, um, but yeah, no, it was, it, was, it was really manageable. Yeah. yeah, I can definitely relate to that. I remember sort of sitting on the tram and yeah. frantically reading cases on my phone and exactly. running in after work. And how, how did you find that time balance between all the group assignments and classroom time and work as well yeah yeah definitely i mean i think a lot of it um depended on the group as well you know there are some unique groups that just wants to meet all the time and then there are those that probably only meet the once and out throughout the whole term and everyone just did their own part for the assignment so it, it, it's a whole range i guess and, and everything in between so it's really about and those are the sort of skills that um that first sort of orientation first week teaches you, which is, you know, you can, you know, you, you get with your group, establish the norms. <laughs> Still informing norms. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, you know, work out what you can do and can't do. And I think um, I've always been quite fortunate that most of the group of, that I've been in, uh, I've always had a relatively good experience. Um, we all knew what we were getting into going in um, and we all committed, you know, the time that we said that we were going to. So I think that's really important to establish very early on, um, manage everyone's expectations. And yeah, like to be honest, yeah, like I, I was definitely the lucky few. I've had all quite good uh, group experiences. <laughs> yeah, you are one of the, the minority. <laughs> Usually someone's got one horror story, I know, don't they? I know, that's <laughs> so true. And I've definitely heard so many, um, but uh, but no, like I've, I've been definitely quite lucky. It's been natural leader. <laughs> How did you find, uh, I, I found, I was traveling a lot during mm. my MBA. So I found I was doing a lot of uh, teleconferences with my teams or Skype or had did you what was your balance like would you at were you at MBS physically much for group assignments I was I was I mean I think that's also a decision that I made at the time um, so 
I started my MBA, um, I applied for the MBA when I came back from China. So I was working in China for about five years. I came back and I applied for the MBA while I was unemployed. So when I did get my job, um, that was one of the things that I made very clear that I didn't want to travel um, and that I had commitments and, and I made MBA quite a priority in terms of work and study. Study was definitely the priority. So I think that helped me to be here and, and to be available. And at any point that I felt like I couldn't, I, I did dial down to one subject. So there was about two or three terms that I did just one subject. Mm. So I think it's just about um, understanding your commit, like your own personal commitments and understanding what you're capable of doing and just being true to yourself as well. Um, you know, I've definitely seen a lot of type A personalities where they sort of just going, going hard and, and sometimes you burn yourself out, you know, and, and that was definitely something that I just make sure I did not do. Um, and yeah, so no, I was physically here for most of those meetings and I made sure that I made myself available to, to the people in the team, yeah. And how, how did you find um, did that return to study? You were saying like you, you spent some time in China and, and what, what even made you decide to return to study? I think um, when, when I was in Asia, um, I was surrounded by a lot of Americans actually and masters, uh, any kind of master's degree seems to be part of their language, just something that they do in their early 30s or late 20s. Um, so I actually looked overseas to begin with and I just realised how expensive it is and um, you know, either work is going to sponsor me or I was going to fork out a lot of money and it just didn't make sense and I had a girlfriend that was doing Melbourne MBS, so Melbourne Business School part time. She did on Hex. <laughs> um, she didn't have to quit work. Um, and it just seemed like such a flexible program that I was able to um, incorporate into my lifestyle. All I had to do was just move back home, which, you know, to my mum's, you know, happiness, that it was, it was, it was definitely what they supported. So, um, so yeah, it, it made sense for me to come back to at least do my MBA and, um, you know, use, I guess, the system um, you know, well and, and, and do that. So, yeah. Yeah, we're fortunate, I guess, in that Yeah, respect. we are. We're very, very lucky in that sense. Um, you know, I, it is a lot of money, but but at the same time, I don't feel it. You mm. know, it's it's not something that actually affects me. It's not something I had to fork out mm. personally. So, I know I have to eventually pay it off, but I, yeah, just it's so at the back of my head in terms of the money and cost that, yeah, it didn't really concern me at the time. Did you consider the other format? So you did part-time, did, yeah. did full-time weigh into your mind or what made you decide part-time? I think that goes back to, like I said, the whole, like the work, finance, like all of that part of the consideration is that, you know, if I was going to study this part full-time, fair enough, it's just a year. So a lot of people feel like just getting over and done with, but just the idea of not working for a year as well as paying for that much, um, you know, in fees. But also adding on top of that, it's also the cost of getting a GMAT. Yes. So um, GMATs are expensive, not just the exam itself, but the whole prep leading up to it. So financially, yeah, it was, it was definitely a big decision, um, like a big reason to that decision um, was a financial aspect. So it just made sense to do it part-time. I mean, I definitely wanted to continue working. Um, yeah, so it was definitely something that, um, yeah, the working part, money part, and time, like I, I knew that I'll be fine. It was just two nights a week. So yeah, it just made sense to, to go for the part-time option. Yeah, yeah my, my thought process in deciding part-time was, was pretty similar, mm -hmm. I guess, time and continuing work and, and wanting to continue my career. But mm -hmm. that's one of the things that 
probably surprised me was the ability to learn something and then the next day just implement it and test it. Definitely. Was that, was that something that you found or? Yeah, like I think, um, yeah, definitely. I, I feel like, I mean, obviously some subjects more so than others because um, I'm not in accounting or any of those kind of roles. So obviously I couldn't really apply that the next day. We're just thankful that I didn't need to apply that the next day. But, um, but I think one of the surprising subjects that I actually got a lot of practical um, use out of, it was actually managing people. Yeah. Um, just the understanding yeah. of human behavior, why people do that, latitude acceptance, you know, all of these things that you people learn. You're stress. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. The next day you're like, oh, I'm gonna try that out with you know, this person that I don't get along with very well, you know, see if that works. But um, I actually found that to be, yeah, very, very practical and definitely was able to apply it to immediate work, yeah. yeah. And you, uh, during your program, I guess, um, one of the fun things about being part-time, I guess you're a bit like me, is you just get involved in a lot of stuff. So you, you were involved in SRC and the Visit yeah. Victoria case study. And yeah. so what, tell me a little bit about the Visit Vic case study. Well, first of all, what is it? Because uh, yeah, yeah, I, yes. I actually didn't know a lot about it, admittedly. Yeah. So throughout the year, we actually have a, a bunch of different case studies. So Visit Victoria is just one of them. Um, Visit Victoria is definitely, um, for me, the decision for, to do it was, I was at the end of my course. Um, I just finished marketing communication as well, which to be honest, I probably applied most of what I learned in that case, like in, in the subject fresh into the case competition, good which timing. was good. Exactly, it was perfect timing. Um, so for me, it was a way to show or prove to myself that the two and a half years of learning, I can apply it onto a real example mm -hmm. and then be able to deliver a, a piece of strategy mm -hmm. that can be applied to Visit Victoria. So what the case competition is, is that Visit Victoria um, presents five um, business problems um, ranging in all areas. Um, they present to us on an opening day and then as students we get about a month and a bit to actually prepare a written case in response to that problem. So how do we propose to solve it? How do we propose to improve it? Whatever that angle might be. Um, in my case it was really about um, segmentation. So the problem was around China's Golden Week or, or the Golden Week that exists in Asia. It's about seven days of public holiday time. Um, seven days is pretty much their longest holiday break, um, but is it long enough for them to come all the way to Australia to utilise that, that seven days? And um, for me, it was all around segmentation and positioning. So um, finding the right segment, why that segment, what is that segment worth? Um, so is that, you know, worth the time and money for us to do a campaign around that segment? What would be the possible returns of that segment? So it was a lot of, um, you know, utilising all the subject subject that you learn, right? So, you know, a bit of data analytics, a bit of, um, you know, there was a bit of the financial management coming in, I guess, a little bit, although that was my worst subject ever, but, but yeah, a bit of that coming in. Um, you know, obviously, Marcom brand um, management as well. Um, there was just a lot of subjects that was coming together and I did it by myself because, not because I didn't want to work in a team, but <laughs> it was because I didn't want to work in a team, but no, um, because I wanted, um, I wanted to be able to do all of that rather than mm. rely on others, you know, because every term 
you, you're in a group yeah. and you, you definitely rely on each other quite heavily. So people work on their strengths, right? Um, but in this case, it was like I had to be the strength and the weakness yeah. and, and really bring all of that together. So, yeah, no, it was, it was a great kind of, experience. Kind of a nice way to pull the different streams together, all the different kind of thinking. Absolutely. Yeah. And what, exactly so it. what was the segment that you came up with that you thought was, uh, was the one to go after? So um, they're called Shenyu in Chinese, which is leftover women. Okay. Um, so it was, yeah, it was a sector that, um, it, you know, it's a shame, but it does exist and it's real. It's a, it's a cultural thing in China. Where so uh, why are they the leftover women? Because they're over 28. They are usually quite, um, well, they're called A-class women, which is, you know, high, highly successful. Um, white collar, obviously, um, high disposable income, um, very educated, and uh, can't find themselves men. <laughs> so they're, they're called leftover women. And, and there's obviously a huge segment of that, especially in the tier one cities like Shanghai, Beijing, um, Guangzhou, Shenzhen, maybe. Um, so personally, I find, you know, Melbourne as a city appeals to that class quite well both from you know we're we're always told i mean in our advertising for melbourne we're a romantic city full of mystery um i do I remember that from mark's exactly. classes brand, mark ritson's brand management exactly exactly that was definitely fresh on my mind when i was uh doing that segment so um you know you can you can use that segment profile to appeal to couples maybe but then that means you're on the on the, the, on the stage competing with like Paris and Hawaii and yeah. New York, right? So couples are a lot harder to attract because there's more competition. Yeah. But this sort of single female travelers, you know, they, they want to look for a safe city, which is what Melbourne's all about. Um, they want somewhere that, you know, is, is um, not the in thing, you know? So they're not really going for the Paris and New York. They probably go there for work all the time. So it's, yeah, so I, I personally thought it was, um, it was, it might have been a stretch, but when I was going through my, like, my research and writing it out, and even at the time of, pre like, presenting it, um, it just, the more I was talking about it, the more it felt right, and it mm. just made sense. Um, and, yeah, and, and I guess the judges liked it too, so. <laughs> yeah. And you, and how did you, on that point, how did you go? <laughs> <laughs> I won, so that was good. That's not too bad, so they must have liked it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so, um, yeah, no, I, I I think um, one of the judges was saying that she was in China when she was reading my report and she was dining with one of her girlfriends, which was very much in the leftover woman category. <laughs> and, uh, and she agreed with pretty much all the points that I brought up, which is, which is good to be validated. Really hit that niche, yeah. And has it, what, what is the case or that uh, exposure led to? Has it opportunities opened up or new networks? Yeah, or? so, um, from the, so we, we did a um, presentation networking night, I guess. And through that networking night, I did meet um, Jen Fine, who is the founder of a travel startup business. It's a travel management platform um, for B2B um, space. And yeah, she was just getting started and, and I joined it around June-ish time, so it's been yeah, it's been almost like a good more than, yeah, a good eight months, I think, yeah. And um, she's she's doing great. I mean, so a female-led, female-only startup business. They launched in October and I've been doing some 
marketing and social media work for them. So that's been quite good on my end as well, just to kind of be exposed to that and and um, be part of that strategy process. It, it's been heaps of fun and, and definitely um, really glad that that came out of Visit Victoria. So mm. that was really good. Um, yeah. Does that give you an opportunity to kind of pull some of the skills that you've learned through the program or experiences? Yeah, I, I think um, definitely in terms of um, like what we've learned in, in marketing and brand and you know those subjects, strategy, business strategy cases um, have applied to this example. But I think um, it's when you're in it, that's when you realise um, how like how hard it is to um, actually make or turn the theory and case studies into reality <laughs> because there's, there's so much uh, nuance and intangible elements mm. to real life um, business. Mm. Um, you know, one of the biggest things is is just resource and cost, Absolutely. right? It's, it's like when you're writing a case study, you can go all out, you know, <laughs> we want this and, you know, this should be the second step and this should be the amount of investment and, you know, you kind of go big, right, in, in, your, in your proposal. Um, and it's when you're working in this sort of on this level where, you know, hundred bucks matters yeah. <laughs> um, for a startup, nice. right? So, um, you know, what they call bootstrapping, um, I think I definitely felt that for the first time, um, you know, in, in terms of where I can spend my marketing dollars and where I can spend my resources. So, so that, that's definitely been a challenge and being really interesting. But I think with the basis of what we've learned, um, it still, it still, it puts it into context. Like yeah. this is where I want to be. Mm -hmm. Now, how do I get closest to that mm -hmm. with what I have? That's something I'm always keen to hear about because mm. I had this opportunity was exchange. Yeah, yeah. So tell me about yeah. Singapore. Yes, yes. Where did you go? So we went to NUS, uh, National University of Singapore. And how long were you there? We were there for almost four months, three and a bit, uh -huh. um, four months, yeah. So I went with uh, another girl in the program, um, Danny, Danny Rutman. She's, um, yeah, she actually made the whole experience, I guess, that much more better because, um, because going with someone else and a fellow student and um, being able to discover not just Singapore, but we went to Malaysia and, and traveled around and um, just to have, I guess, another friend there definitely made the experience a lot better. But it was also just meeting everyone, like we, we all stayed on campus, mm -hmm. so there was about 35 of us exchange students on campus from all around the world, um, Canada, Korea, um, Germany, um, UK and India. It, it was just, it was such a mix of um, culture. Um, we actually had um, Peruvian night because someone was oh, cooking, wow. yeah. Uh, and then we um, we did a night, but for some reason we made Mexican food. But you know, <laughs> didn't, didn't break out the nah, meat did, pies no, and Vegemite. No, I didn't do that at all. <laughs> Although we did share Vegemite, we had someone bring that over as a care pack. And did anyone like it? No, I just no, no one liked it. I think it was uh, yeah, it's definitely an odd first taste. Um, yeah, but it was. I really liked the exchange because it was a good way for us to um, experience. Um, teaching in a different style. Yes. Um, I think that was the first thing you notice. And it's not a good or bad thing, it was just good to um, experience something different. Um, I personally picked subjects that was more startup focused and, and was a lot uh, around um, uh, the startup from a go-to-market strategy perspective as well as 
the, the financials, so the investment around startups. And, and it was just something, unfortunately, you know, we don't offer here at, at Melbourne Business School. That's where the exchange comes in. And, you know, with the exchange, you can look at other schools, look at their program and sign up to that and have that opportunity to go overseas and, and do that. So I think that was just, it's definitely an experience I recommend everyone do. Um, it was, yeah, it was absolutely amazing. How do you, having seen both sides, how does the student experience compare between what we have here mm. and what, what you found in Singapore? Like I know um, this is, this is going to sound biased because obviously I represent MBS, but I, I definitely think the quality of teaching is, I feel it's better here yep. just because there's a lot more structure and a lot more guidance and a lot more support. Um, the difference, however, is um, because I think I was on exchange, so everyone was living on campus and everything you did was, was in that environment, the learning experience felt a lot easier just because, you know, your group assignment was with your roommate and you're just, you know, staying in the one place or you're going and hanging out by the pool and talking through your assignment. That was definitely a lot more enjoyable than what we have here. But, but yeah, that's what I'm saying. It was a good balance and it was a good um, addition to what we have, but I probably wouldn't replace it mm. in any way. Um, I'm still glad that, yeah, I did most of my education here, um, but it was definitely an addition that everyone should incorporate into their program. Where do you think this has all led to? Has it mm. been um, kind of what you thought, uh, where you're at now? Has it has it opened up doors? And yeah. Um, I think the biggest change, so my actual day job, <laughs> I'm a sales consultant for an IT security service provider. Um, I love my job and, and I love um, the people and I love my clients and you know, it, it, I've never, like I didn't do the MBS to change that. Um, however, because of my, um, I guess because of my MBA now and um, the experience from that, it's definitely given me a a bigger perspective on what I do day to day and what the company does. Um, so because of that, it's sort of developed this natural curiosity in like, what is our business process around this? Yes. Or, you know, when are we gonna launch that new product? And, and who's gonna, you know, like manage, you know, the, the actual delivery to customers and how are we gonna measure that? And I'm very lucky that they do recognise it um, because I know there are businesses that probably don't want you to <laughs> do more than what you're asked to do. Um, but but I've got you know a very very supportive um, manager, and um, it's just led to more opportunities within the business. So it's led to me being able to branch out and do more things and take on more projects and do things outside of sales. Um, or if I am within my sales role, do more with clients mm -hmm. as well. Um, so that's. That's been something that I think have been the biggest takeaway is that that personal development. A lot of people ask me, you know, was it worth the amount for personal development? And yes, <laughs> you know, absolutely. Um, I don't think I need that um, flashing new job to justify um, the commitment that went through to get the MBA. Um, for me, it's it's who I've become, you know, out of all of this. Um, I, I take a bigger picture approach to certain business problems that I probably would have never done before. I probably would have just narrowly looked at, you know, that immediate sales goal that I need to achieve and, and not looked beyond that. So 
I think from that perspective, yeah, I'm absolutely, you know, happy that went through all of it. Yeah, yeah. that personal development, I think, is, it's, it almost catches you by surprise, oh, I think. It's, absolutely. It just kind of happens and then yeah. you look in the mirror and you think, yeah, yeah. wow, I really have grown. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I 100% agree with that, definitely. Um, yeah. So if uh, Linda Lee, January 2015, walked in now, <laughs> she probably looks a little bit different because she's uh, <laughs> probably a little bit less stressed maybe compared <laughs> to the end of the program. And would, any advice you would give her? Oh, geez. Um, I don't know about advice, but I guess it's just, um, for me, it's to appreciate um, even the subjects that I didn't enjoy a little bit more. <laughs> I think it's in, in retrospect, um, when we were doing capstone, for example, and I was able to forecast properly and actually understand what the P&L sheet and, and, and you know the final balance statement looks like. I was like, oh, I did learn. <laughs> you know, I did pick that up. I do understand this. Um, I, th I think at the time, just not maybe appreciating that process as much. Uh, it's, it wasn't until in retrospect that, um, yeah, I remember for Capstone, our team got the best uh, forecasting percentage and I was the one doing the, the forecasting and I was like, what? <laughs> Did that bad. really happen? Can't be that bad, is it? Yeah, I know. I was like, and I, I should be like the worst at numbers, but um, I guess and it's so that the capstone's things. where you bring it all together. Absolutely, right? it's that final subject. You have, uh, to, yeah. you have to do everything: marketing, yeah. strategy, forecasting. Yes, finance. yes, it was a great weekend. Um, so it was a four-day-long weekend. I remember I like I didn't know what to think of it. Right, just didn't know what to expect, and um, thought it was going to be really intense, and it, and it was, but. Like, it was just so much fun. You know, we had a lot of our own original cohort people oh, in nice. in the team. Yeah. yeah, exactly. I think four out of the seven in the group was my initial cohort. So it was just great to work with everyone again and exactly what you said, to bring everything together, you know, to do all the rounds and, and actually argue the case of why we should be going for this strategy and you know these are the numbers and then to actually understand that was something I didn't think that I was capable of so you know that sort of Jan 2015 Linda would just be like you will figure it out and it would all be okay <laughs> that's probably what I would tell her is like it'll be fine you you'll, you'll do okay uh, and has where you've landed now changed much from where you thought you would land at the start of the program um, no, I, I, I don't I don't think from a professional sense it's changed that much. I guess on a personal level, I, um, my, my partner, I've met him through the MBS, so that was definitely a surprise. Didn't expect that in the beginning. Um, but yeah, so I, I guess 50-50. <laughs> well, partner, that's, that's a pretty, pretty good get if you ask me. Awesome. Well, thanks for your time. Thank you for Amazing yours. Amazing catching up. Yeah, definitely enjoyed that. Hope you enjoyed today's conversation. If you'd like to listen to more, please subscribe to the Melbourne Business School podcast on iTunes or SoundCloud.